you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, this is Dan Hansis alongside Chris Wessling. Hey, Dan. Mark Sessler and the boss, Greg Rosenthal. We're the Around the NFL podcast. Check us out three times a week as we discuss the latest NFL news as it happens. Always, of course, with a touch of mirth. Subscribe at NFL.com slash podcasts, iTunes, and Stitcher. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? DJ Bucky back from the Combine, back in the studios in Los Angeles. Very, uh, A very solid Combine, would you say, Buck? One of the better groups of players we've seen, don't you think? I think so. I think what um, was really evident, was every, a lot of the stuff that we had talked about leading to the draft, we talked about the defensive side of the ball, the players and athletes on that side. We talked about the running back class. Um, we talked the defensive line class as well. All those position groups showed up. And then I think we had some notable surprises, particularly when we started looking at the offensive tackle group, some guys that tested and performed better than we, we thought they would test. Big question, though. Did you get some good food while you're out there? I'll be honest with you, DJ. Where'd you go? It's all kind of a blur to me. I saw you walking. So I, me and Money went to dinner one night, and it was uh, it was a place right by the window. And we saw you walk by one way. To, no, no. I was then you to, came walk by. The, we're like, where is Bucky going? He's just was, pacing was, out here. Okay. I'm, I'm, I need this full, truth. Full disclosure. Hashtag I was, truth. I was trying to find a Nike suite. Okay, yeah, it was in La Meridian. And I found it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm excited I found it. Nice. So, Good on you. Yeah, so so I was trying to find a Nike suite. I couldn't find the La Meridian Hotel, but I finally found it. And the people, the kind folks at Nike hooked me up with a nice little bag. Nice. So cool. Good for you, Buck. Um, so let's jump into this, what we saw. We'll kind of go by position here and just kind of highlight what we saw from the combine. Quarterbacks, Buck, I mean, I've said, I've used the same kind of terminology through the whole process that – I'm having commitment issues. Uh, normally by this time, I'm, I'm locked in on a guy. Um, last year, I said I was married before I got to Mobile with uh, yeah. with Carson Wentz. This year, I haven't haven't had that same commitment level. And then I came out of the combine, and everybody's going to say, um, you know, look, you can't you can't really you know adjust your your rankings off the combine. Well, here's the thing: the co- top quarterbacks are all underclassmen. Don't know how we don't know how big they are till we get no. to the to the combine. 
Um, getting to see them all throw live on the same field at the same time gives you a good sense of what you're dealing with. Arm talent gives you a good sense of where they are footwork-wise. Asked to make some different throws they didn't necessarily see them make consistently yeah. or be asked to make consistently at the collegiate level. So I think there is some value there. And when you have a year like this one where it's very muddy, the picture is very muddy, they all have flaws, they all have their issues, I thought coming out of the combine, I, I tweeted it out and I and I talked yeah. about it a little bit on air, Deshaun Watson, God, he based, off, based off people that interviewed him, the reviews, you heard the same thing mm-hmm. that I heard, reviews were outstanding. Goes on, he's 222 pounds, I believe, right? So he was about... I don't know, 10 pounds bigger than I thought he was going to be. He's a little bit thicker. Threw the ball smooth and easy. His footwork was clean. Um, He he just was very, very impressive. And and so I come out of this saying, okay, it's all muddied in there and all close together. Deshaun Watson does that. Then you you have the other case you can make for him, which we've said. We talk about the, the number of starts. We talk about the way he's played on a big stage, his poise, his toughness. Those are irrefutable. The issues we have with interceptions, decision-making is still a major problem. It's something you're going to have to work through at the next level. It's going to take some time. But when I'm, if I'm thinking about it as a court case, the evidence mounting in support of Deshaun Watson has almost reached the por- point where it's overwhelming and you have no choice but to go in that direction. It's, it's kind of funny because we both were viewing the quarterback position very similarly. We had Deshaun Kaiser kind of as the guy going in. Uh, part of that is because he has all the prototypical things that you typically look for at the position. Big arm, athletic enough, uh, makes these impressive timing and anticipatory throws that NFL quarterbacks are expected to make. You can try and talk around, hey, they had the 4-8 and eight season, it kind of came off the wheels. How did it happen? So going into the thing, I'm still convinced that this is his show. With that arm and that talent, he's going to wow everybody. And kind of make it like, wow, you know, we need to take a look at it. And he underwhelmed only in terms of being inconsistent with his throwing. Mm -hmm. You thought in this environment, you could feel the velocity and the zip. But if he had come out and he was throwing all fastballs and strikes and hitting the strike zone, you would make a case that, man, you know, I'm still saying that this is a guy. But he didn't. So when you leave the door open with Deshaun Watson and Mitch Trubisky, you're looking at Deshaun Watson and you talk about the easy nature of him throwing. But I think it's even beyond that. Of all those guys, those three guys, he looked most comfortable yeah. in that environment. Yeah. It didn't seem like all the scouts and the GMs or the, the the bigness of the stage or what was on the line bothered him. And it kind of fits with kind of how he plays in some of those big games. And then when you go to your buddies, you talk to your coaches, your general managers, your scouting friends, and you ask them, hey, man, how do you do interview? Killed it. Man, high IQ. Wow, he just has a presence. Yeah. And when you take that information in comparison to what you heard from the other guys, he is kind of like the guy that kind of takes over in the horse race and is leading by nose just based on how the intangible things go. Now, I believe it now becomes a two-horse race, and I think Deshaun kind of falls, Kaiser falls out of that. And it becomes, are you willing to go with Mitch Trubisky, who is – more of your prototypical passer can do all those things, or are you willing to maybe lose a bit of that to gain the leader and the uh the the guts or the grit? The quote unquote it factor. Yeah, so I mean, I think it's a tough one, and I can see it going either way. But I do believe it's kind of separated to now. It's a two horse race at the quarterback position. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And I, I had said previously, I'd met with uh, Trubisky. I want to meet with the other two at some point in time. It is helpful to get the chance to be around these guys, but. Um, 
I was saying, okay, I didn't. I was going to update my fifty before the uh, before the combine. Just didn't have a chance to do it. I was going to have Trubisky over Kaiser, mm-hmm. and then I would had sort out Kaiser and Watson. And so I'm still going to keep Trubisky over Kaiser. So Kaiser's going to go from my top guy to my third guy, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to end up. Yeah, I got to sort this out. I'm going to probably go watch a couple more games just so I can get a little more courage. Uh, and then I'm probably going to end up going Watson, Trubisky, Kaiser. But again, I said it. You know, it's it's still it's not a uh, it's, it's not, not a, a year not where a, you're banging the table for a guy. I, look, we're getting married, but we're not skipping down the aisle. You know, it, and it's not a clean thing. So I kind of reworked my top five coming in, and I had Kaiser, and I kind of bumped Trubisky over Watson. Part of that was anticipating that Mitch would really probably surpass. Yeah, um, and let's be honest, Trubisky Watson. on tape this year was more better. consistent than he plays than better. Watson. Yeah, he didn't throw as well during drill, so I still think you have to keep it in line. But now, if I have to reset it, I know people are like, how can you make these things? But these things happen kind of in meeting rooms all the time when you have it a, is it happens is, all the time. This is a cluster buster. All of these guys are similarly graded. Mm-hmm. No one has a super higher grade or superior grade. Everyone's kind of in the same range. So now you have those three guys in a clump, and as you dig deeper, you kind of rearrange the order. So now I would rearrange the order and have <sighs> Kaiser would be number three. I still have Watson number two and then Mitch Trubisky number one, which is not necessarily how I came into the thing thinking. Yeah. But I do believe if you go off the tape, the tape for Mitch – is better than the tape for Watson yep. at this time. I mean, there's no other time. You can't add anything in. And so it had just come down to, like, that gut feel. But if you go by the tape, and even though he only has 13 games, the tape of Mr. Bisky playing quarterback mm-hmm. in terms of throwing and doing the stuff that most NFL quarterbacks do, I would say it's probably a little better than what we've seen from Watson, mm-hmm. even though you like the big game splashes. I wish you could put them all together. You'd have a great quarterback. <laughs> you know, if you could combine it all together. Because I'm sitting here again, and I just – the the one thing you want to have in a draft room, and this is one of the things you benefit as a scout from going into the school, you benefit from really getting to know the kid, as well as you know being involved in the interview process at the combine. All those points of contact you have, well, the tape gives you courage, no question. What what you see can give you courage and conviction. When you get to know the person, and you can marry up the person with the player, that's when we talk about standing on the table for a guy. And to me, like last year, I met with the with the quarterbacks. And to to watch Carson Wentz and really like him, but then to meet with him and just see the presence that he had filled up the whole room, the command, the whole the whole deal was just like that's what it. He's the guy. Done. I'm done. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's tough because I think to a man when you meet with Deshaun and you understand the confidence and you've seen the nature of what he brings to the table, walking in the room, it's easy to fall in love with that stuff. But you also have to fight against that part of it and really look at how he performed and how he threw the ball. And when we look at how he threw the ball, I think there's certain things that are very, very clearly evident in his game. He's a quick rhythm thrower. He excels at um, what I call the quick game, the catch and throw. Catch, rock, and and throw. Just get it out of his hands, things working within a 10-yard box. If we push it beyond that level, he is what I call kind of like a rhythm passer. Um, Skinny post, seam routes. On-time throws. On-time. Ball comes out on-time, he can do it. Where he struggled on tape. The deep ball. He missed a lot of deep balls down both boundaries, and the deep balls that he typically connected on were back shoulder phase, which are more the rhythm throws as opposed to I'm going to take a shot down the field. When you compare that to the way Mitch Trubisky plays, Mitch kind of exceeds in all the rhythm game, 
but also in full, time full field anticipation anticipation deal. deep sales those 15 yard outs to the boundary digs coming over across the middle things that you really ask NFL quarterbacks to do a lot like Mitch is probably a little superior to Deshaun in that vein and so with both quarterbacks it's important that whoever takes them has a clear plan for what they want to do with their skills the thing that you worry about and I think is the thing that kind of hangs over the Trubisky thing if Mitch had another year yeah if he had another year another a resume like on his resume where he had 20 games as opposed to 13 I think then you could really confidently say okay you know what I'm willing to go with Trubisky because I've seen a sustained uh, mm-hmm. track record of success with him playing this way. 13 games is just kind of hard to jump fully in to say to A, he's going to be a player X down the road. Kaya, I thought, had a really good workout. And we talked about our issues with Kaya, our concerns with him having to move around a little bit. Didn't have to move around really in this workout. So I thought he had the, really he had the best feet of any of the quarterbacks. Just You know, it's funny because yeah, you, I, I saw that you put that out. Now, maybe I had a different take. And maybe my take was more so I wanted to see him run around and test. Yeah, he doesn't do that. And he didn't test. And yeah. so if the biggest issues are – Brad Kai is a statue in the pocket. You worry about him moving around. Even if he had done some of the testing stuff, I probably would have come away thinking, like, hey, he's a better player. In terms of throwing, yeah, the footwork, I mean, you know what he is yeah. in terms of the arm strength or whatever, but maybe because he elected not to do the testing part, I couldn't go all in. I think we have to at least talk about the guy who has gotten the most Oh, Mahomes? Yeah, Pat Mahomes. Like, what was, what was your, I guess, feeling or, or opinion on him coming in, and what did you see from him at the workout? Because I've heard different reports from our analysts and other analysts about, oh, he was big arm, gunslinger, he has all these things you want to work with. But when I watched him, yeah, he, he, he slunk it. But I also know that doing it in this sterile environment, yeah. without people doing it, throwing on time, that's great. But when you watch him, I'll tell you, he doesn't play like that. No. So can he take this new and improved footwork and mechanics – and play like that when the bullets are flying. I still think it's a long, long process. He's got a lot of arm talent. He's got that unique kind of three-quarter uh, little inside-out delivery that he's got there. And from a lower half, even though he had, he had quick feet, I didn't know that it was repeat. Everything he did wasn't repeatable. You know, you watch – like that's one of the things with Watson I give him credit for. It looks exactly the same on every drop. Everything yep. has the same pacing to it. Everything has the same rhythm to it. Get Incorporate your lower half. With Mahomes, even in a sterile environment like that, it's still it's different. It's different from from one snap to the next. And you talk about you know in baseball scouting, they talk about that repeatable delivery, right? Yeah. Something you can do over and over and over again, and that's how you become consistent. And I I don't I don't really get that from Mahomes. Now he's he's a got a huge arm. He's he's a really good athlete. Tested well. Um, he's got a shot. No question. I'm not saying he doesn't have a shot to be a starter, but I just think it's going to be a long time. Well, I think so. And I don't know how if you say in the first round that's your guy. I couldn't do that. Who is willing to kind of hitch their wagon to him and who's willing to not only hitch their wagon to him, but hitch their wagon knowing that you have to fix some of those flaws to get him ready to be a guy right away. Was there anybody else, any other quarterback that kind of stood out? I know um, we had an epic debate about Nathan Peterman Yep. on the thing. What were your thoughts on Nathan Peterman? I think Nathan Peterman is going to be, you know, I know we've talked about before about Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk has a stronger arm than I think he so does. Too. I think so too. But I, you know, who I kind of came away thinking after watching him was Brian Hoyer. Okay, 
No, Brian Hoyer. If you got you borderline know, starter, he's a he's a bridge quarterback. He's a great backup quarterback. He great can get backup. you through three or four games, no problem. Um, you, your starter goes down for the year. You plug him in, and you and he can keep your team afloat. But you're not going to win because of him. You're going to you have to surround him and win with him. And even that is going to be a little bit more. He just doesn't have a ton of arm talent. He's, he's just a huge. He's a super huge trailer. Yeah, he's a big trailer. He's yes. an eighteen wheel trailer. Yeah. I think the big thing with him, if you think about that, just in those terms, those terms lead me to think. Fourth round talent in the way that you described. Like, yeah. hey, you know, he's a he's a borderline guy. He may be a backup, maybe a spot starter in a bridge. So if you start thinking fourth round are your developmental guys, that kind of puts him in that fourth round conversation ideally. Now, yeah. he may get drafted sooner than it, but ideally you're thinking this is a backup, a developmental guy, two or three years away from having an opportunity to crack the starting lineup. If you view him like that, that's one thing. However, if you take him in the second round you're or higher, be the guy. you're saying he's going to be a, a – a start, and I just don't see him in that vein. When we look at the third, fourth round guys that have turned out to be really good starters in the NFL, Kirk Cousins, a big arm, big arm, Russell Wilson, bigger big arm. arm, Dak Prescott, bigger big arm. I yeah, mean, those guys all kind of have that in common there. Yeah, they they had that in common. Um, the thing that he has, he does have two years as a starter, two years as a starter, and an offense that is a little more traditional to some of the offenses that. The oh, he's ahead. He's ahead of a lot of guys from that standpoint. Of, and, and the thing is, like. I think the other thing that he does, and I don't know if a lot of quarterbacks coming into the league understand, he understands it who, exactly who he is. So when you talk like about Cody the ball Kessler. coming out, yeah, comes out early, throws it high, he has the Peyton Manning trick down. Yeah, yeah. So on the deep ball, the ball is out and up before the guy's 10 to 12 yards down the field and he yep. kind of runs up under it. He has that. So like Cody Kessler, I think that's a great comparison. Because that's what it is. Because think about it. Cody Kessler got in last year, right? And And – was okay. Was, was fine. Like, yeah. get him in the play, could deliver the ball accurately and all that stuff, and they know what the season ended, and guess what the Browns said? we got to go find a quarterback. <laughs> so, I mean, I think from, from, from the outside in, you look at it and go, he's not maybe – like, but you know what? They say, okay, it's floor and it's ceiling. Like, we know we got – Cody nice. Kessler's floor and ceiling are the same floor. That's the same location in the building. Right. It's, it's, it's at the same spot. It's not a no, noticeable thing. And if he was surrounded by better weapons on the outside – you could play with a guy like that for a little while and have yeah. some success. But all the things around him have to be right. So your margin for error, when we talk about the quarterbacks, the better the player, the better the talent, the bigger the margin for error in terms of how you stack your supporting cast. And so with a guy like Peterman, much like we talked about with Cody Kessler, you just have to make sure that everything around them is super solid. All right, a couple things. We've got to fly through these next positions here. We want to spend a little more time on the quarterbacks there. Running backs, I'm going to read you some numbers here. Buck, you ready for this one? Uh-huh. 5'11", 5'11", 2", so 5'11", uh, and a quarter. 202 pounds. Uh, ran 4'4", 9", vertical 37 and a half, broad 10'1", <laughs> and money, destroyed money. the shuttles. Mr. Christian McCaffrey, you made yourself a little cashola. I think he, I think he made a lot of cash, and I think the reason he made a lot of cash um, is because not only like that stuff, I, I think coming in, he had a lot of pressure for the field workout because he only did 10 reps on the bench press. And when you do that, you're like, oh, how is he going to work out? But then he worked out fine. You talk about the numbers, the explosiveness, 37 and a half inch vertical, uh, going over 10 feet in the broad jump, the shuttles were outstanding. But even beyond that, uh, after his workout, and you may have been on air, so you may not have been able to see it, after the running back workout. Oh, his, his receiver workout was ridiculous. They took a handful of those guys, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, a couple other guys, and they put him in the slot. And they had him run a variety of routes, jerk routes, whip routes, option routes, had him read coverage and do those things. He was a natural. Yeah. And he was a natural so much that you could see a team 
using him. Yeah, he's the back, but we're going to keep regular personnel on the field, but we're going to use him as a wide receiver and find a way to create mismatches on the field. I thought he and Alvin Kamara, in terms of running routes and understanding the timing of the passing game and how to get open and having some savvy at their routes, I thought they were outstanding. And Christian McCaffrey, to me, I still believe he's a borderline first-round talent, but I definitely could see where a creative guy, an innovator, a thinker would say, man, I can really take him and get a lot of mileage out of him. Are you on my over-under? All right, over-unknown. Where he gets picked? 20. Oh, boy, that's a, that's a rich – that's a rich – that's a rich – Bucky, thing. he ran routes better than any wide receiver in the combine. I mean, he he was outstanding with his and routes. And so you talk about a, a you know, matchup league and how you use him. He can start as your slot receiver, and now all of a sudden the 202 pounds ain't an issue anymore. Well, I mean, guess it, what? Okay, I can, so, and I can put him in the backfield for five, ten plays a game. I mean, you can use him. He's brilliant, so he can swallow anything you throw. He is like he's the perfect modern day football player. Well, I mean, so imagine this: if you're the Green Bay Packers, so the Green Bay Packers had Ty Montgomery playing as that yeah. hybrid running back wide receiver. He's a much better player than Ty Montgomery. Not even close. And you, and you saw about where Montgomery had the kind of impact on the game and really helped them stabilize their running back situation down the stretch. But now you're getting a real running back in Christian McCaffrey, a guy who is a proven bell cow in terms of taking the ball. But being able to go in their what they call their five-out package where they have empty formation and he's out there, Christian McCaffrey is perfect for that. I would be intrigued to see what Mike McCarthy would do with a guy like that that is a legitimate running back but has – those wide receiver qualities. I think there's a lot of teams you can look at. I mean, look, who knows what happens with Kirk Cousins, but like Washington. I mean, in, you can use Washington, lose a couple receivers. I think the New York Giants is, could certainly use someone like that. Like I know they have Shane Vereen. He's an upgrade over Shane Vereen. In the, You've got the, the Colts. The Colts could use him. The Eagles could use him. I mean, I can throw in a bunch. Yeah, I mean, I just think there are a lot of teams that will be intrigued by him and also Alvin Kamara. I mean, he he's going to go. And the thing is he's going to return kicks for you. I mean, I told you, I, 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 compared, I compared him to Deion Lewis in my comparison when I did the book on him. Uh, I earlier said he kind of reminds me of how Brian Westbrook kind of evolved and ascended to being a worker's back. There's a value to what he brings to the table. Here's my question. If you just parachuted into this earth and did not know anything and you walked into the, to the combine and you watched Christian McCaffrey move around and you watched Dalvin Cook move around, it was not close. No, it's different. And everybody wanted to talk about Leonard Fournette and his vertical. Everybody wanted to kill him. He's 240 pounds, water weight, this, that, and the other. He still went out and rolled 4.51, whatever. Dalvin Cook came in, and we, we expected him. He ran 4.5. It was a good time. Low, you know, I think it was 4.50. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't jump at all. And I thought just kind of had a very just lethargic field work. I don't think he was in the top five in any category in any of the testing that they did. We're talking about a guy who's got fumble issues and who has had some issues off the field you got to deal with. And now you're not maybe getting the freak athlete that you thought you were getting on top of that. I'm, I'm telling you right now, if I was going to bet, which I don't do because that's frowned upon right uh-huh. here, uh-huh. I'm going to tell you right now, I think Christian McCaffrey is going to get picked ahead of Dalvin Cook. Hey, uh, that's a hip-hop quotable. Make sure you put that out there on Twitter. Arjun, that's, that's, that's going to catch a lot of attention out there in the Twitterverse. Make sure you're ready to handle the uh, trolls that come who's, in. I mean, who's, who's a better route runner? I mean, he's a better route runner. Who's got better hands? I mean, in the passing game, it's not even clear. He has better hands. The, the, only, the only thing I think where you'll come back to with Delvin Cook in terms of as a runner, I think you will confidently say that 
Dalvin Cook is a more explosive and dynamic runner than Christian McCaffrey. I know, but then you're going to look up at that card and one says 447 and one says 450, and you're going to sit there. I know, but is he really? But you have to really? Yeah, but I've seen McCaffrey with a lot of long runs. Now, the only difference is I think the only difference is a bunch of stiff dudes from the Pac-12 chasing him instead of I think think it's different though. Because see, now we're about to run the risk of here's what the combine can cloud your mind. No, but I'm just saying that's just what that, you've been in the room when that I, argument I comes I up. Mean, and, we can have the argument, and, and the guy, and you've been in there when somebody says that's funny because that card says this and this card says uh, that. I know, and then that's when you have to make sure you let's go, go watch the tape. Let's go watch the tape, and yeah. let's make sure let's we we pump the brakes on that stuff. But like these are fun. Over. These are fun debates though, because I remember being in there and go, okay, well I don't know. I mean he's got more juice than him. I'll go, okay, I'll tell you what, uh, I. Uh, I've got all day. So if you want to go find all that tape of Christian McCaffrey getting caught from behind, I'm, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see those plays. Uh, but, I mean, that's this is this is why this podcast is fun because we can kind of take you behind the scenes because this is exactly the conversation. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's, it's going to be a conversation because Christian McCaffrey checks all the boxes. Clean character, yep. versatile player, triple threat. He gives you the ability to run, receive, catch the ball out of the backfield, and he's a big-time returner. Dalvin Cook doesn't necessarily return, so you lose value on that. Dalvin Cook – is a guy that I think is a little more dynamic in terms of as a pure running back. Um, he can catch the ball out he's the backfield. Big, he's eight pounds heavier. He can catch the ball out the backfield, but you can make the case that, look, Christian McCaffrey is a cleaner route runner, and for the right coordinator, he can get a little more out of him. I'm just still willing to bank on Dalvin <laughs> Cook being a better player, but I understand how the other side could say, hey, Christian McCaffrey, I like what he does. He's a, we, we always talk about in the first round, you want to hit singles and doubles? Yep. All day long, safe. Sing, singles and doubles, you can keep your job. So, I mean, he's definitely he's a double. I mean, to me, like when you when you and I, we'll get on to some other guys here, but McCaffrey, to me, when you when you want to put him up on the board, you can say, I think this kid. And you look at his shuttle times are ridiculous too. I think this kid is going to be a top five slot receiver in the NFL. I think he's going to return kicks for us, maybe be a Pro Bowl caliber returner. And he can carry the ball 10 to 15 times a game if we need him. So we're not even going to mask him to major in a running back. We're drafting a receiver that can play running back. I think I think that's the key. I think the thing that you have to understand is clearly understand what he is. And what he is is a triple threat. If you try to make him more of one thing than the other, no, you you're take doing away it wrong. You're doing it wrong. what he does. He is a triple threat. 10 to 15 carries, 7 or 8 receptions, whatever he gives you in the return game, that's who he is. Don't try to make him a 30 30- Carry again. See, Buck, I'm almost thinking like just watching him run routes out there. We've been talking about him, uh, major and running back, minor and receiver. I, I think you flip it. Major and receiver. I think you major and receiver and you minor as a running okay, back. Okay, so now this so goes. So now, we, now we're not even comparing him to Dalvin Cook. No. We're comparing him to receivers. Okay, so here, let's go all the way back. And I know we spent a lot of time on Christian McCaffrey, but let's go all the way back to Reggie Bush when Reggie Bush came into yep. the league for yep. the New Orleans Saints. I think Reggie Bush, that rookie season, that might have been their Super Bowl. He had 100 year. catches. Yeah, like at least 75-plus catches. He yeah. was a major factor out of the backfield. And so if we talk about that comparison, Christian McCaffrey, Reggie Bush, and, I think and, a team. And in hindsight, to do it all over again, I think it would have been wise to make Reggie Bush a slot receiver and, and sprinkle him, like him in the backfield. Get 88. Yeah, 88. 88 catches. That's, Pretty good. That's it. Reggie Bush. Um, so anyways, what would you think about uh, Fournette here? You know, I, I know a lot of people made – I mean, I worried about the, the vertical jump. But, look, 240 pounds – Four, five, one, forty. I just know as a defender, if you have a big man that gets to the second level and you have to take him on running that fast, playing with that kind of violence and ferocity, no. well, no parts of it. I think he's done. It's just a matter of fit. What team wants to have a downhill runner that's an old school back? He is. Um, and the inside comparison, they kept bringing up LeGarrette Blunt. 
I mean, he's a downhill whammer, and you don't want to deal with it. And Gary Blunt, by the way, led the league in rushing touchdowns. So when we were uh, watching the DB workout, we'll get to them in just a minute here, but watching Adoree Jackson, I said that it reminds me of Sade, like Smooth Operator. I have that song. You know, every player has a soundtrack. Yep. His was, was Sade, and then when I'm watching Leonard Fournette, I just think of Guns N' Roses, and I think of Appetite for Destruction. <laughs> That's that's it is he is he is thirsty for contact. Man. Yeah, I mean I, I mean I think I, man look he he's fine. Those people who like him and think he's special are no he's going to line up in the dot. Uh, you can give him twenty five to thirty carries and you can ride him out. And my guy, I'm fine with that. My guy Marlon Mack from USF from South Florida had a nice workout. A guy from Boise did a nice job. Jeremy uh, was, he was fine. Yeah, but Marlon whole deal. What Marlon Mack is a guy that I identify as kind of like people ask me, hey, who's that mid round sleeper <laughs> that can kind of do what Jordan Howard did all day? I think Mar- Marlon Mack is that guy, and I believe that teams. We talk about the running backs at the top of the board. Teams are bird dogging a handful of guys that are in that mid round area. That they're going to say, look, this is a guy that I can get that can give me comparable production to some of the guys at the top of the board. Kamara had a good workout. I still think, look, the, the thing is there's so many backs. I, I'm beginning to think, I no, I went on record bold with McCaffrey, but, again, I'm thinking him more as kind of a receiver that also is a running back. I think we could see, you know, Kamara could be a first-round casualty just because he's a first-round player, but there's just so many dudes. They might say, well, can we get something else first and we'll come back for a running back. I think there's a lot of love in the clubhouse for Kamara because not what he showed on the field, but what he did in many rooms. They talked about his ability to understand pass protection, his high football IQ. He helped himself a lot. What's the name of the uh, video that he's in back there, Arjuna? Migos. Come on, I, say Migos. I gotta look it up again. It is Migos. It though. is Migos. It That's is the Migos. band. Thank you. All right. It is Migos. Okay, let's go to tight end. Yep. Um, what do you think? Whoa, I mean, whoa, tight ends. They're not messing around this year, Buck. No. I said on air it was the best one that I've seen. What would you? What say you? I mean, the collection of guys—the fastest group I've ever seen. I mean, they're great, and they're great when you compare the, how the tight ends ran to what the linebackers and stuff were able to do. They create problems. Evan Ingram running four four two. Um, we knew he was a matchup nightmare. And then you go back and you look at the senior bowl and you watch him run routes and how smooth and how polished he is. He was terrific. O.J. Howard running his time. I kind of expected that, having known him for a long time. By but the way, me, by the way, a very complete Y tight end. Criminal. Criminal how they did not use him more at Alabama. I mean, I just criminal. I just don't know how a guy like that doesn't have 60 receptions in college. Like it's in ridiculous. the middle of the field, like you should throw Y stick to him all day and just let him work. Bucky, look at his uh, – I got the, the numbers here. So, O.J. ran – Four five one, um, his ten split was one one five three, which is outstanding. I mean, he's he's first or second in every single every single shuttle drill that they did. The only thing in vertical, um, he did not make the vertical list. I don't know what his vertical was, but it was not thirty six. But he's two hundred and fifty pounds. So you talking about two hundred and fifty? Look at his three cone, six eight five. He had better than Ingram was six nine two, and he's what five inches taller. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, he, O.J. Howard. And I've had it, you know, I've said it from, from jump. I've had Njoku as my is my top guy. Something's going on with my mic here. I'll plug that thing back in. Um, Njoku's been my top guy, and I've had O.J. Howard right behind him. O.J. Howard, to me, closed the gap a little bit when I saw him at the Senior Bowl. And now when you come through everything you hear about the interviews, O.J. Howard has just checked every single box throughout the process. So I think I will end up having O.J. Howard as my top tight end. Still love Njoku. He's going to be right behind him, but – Talk about safe and with the upside, O.J. Howard is, is uh, very productive. And I think uh, he's a traditional tight end. He's a wide tight end. I mean, you put his hand down. I know he gives you the athleticism. He can do some things. Evan Ingram and some of those other guys are more specialty players. You have to have a plan. You always have to pair them up with a Y. O.J. Howard is a guy from down in, down out, three down player that can line up and play Y and do. I mean, I kind of go back to what Jason Witten was when he came in, a little, little more explosive version of Jason yeah. Witten, but – 
I see like a Jason Witten type player. Some people talk about Greg Olson. I think this is a really, really good football player. All right, so for Ingram, you set the over-under. I mean, we're not going to be held to this just right now. We're early in the process. I don't think he goes in the first round. I think he goes in the top of the second. I think he's gone by pick 40. It's funny you said that. I was going to say 35. Oh, wow, yeah. I think he's that classic I think, I think top pick, of the second round yeah, type guy. Fast, um, really productive. You Mismatch, can split him dude. out. He's a mismatch guy. My guy Gerald Everett from South Alabama rebounded. He he had been light. Well, he's 227. He came in at 239, so he put the yeah. weight back on. Uh, ran, I think, what? He ran like 460. Um, did a nice job in the uh, vertical. Where is he on the vertical here? Did a nice job. He was 37 and a half, so you see some of that explosiveness. Um, did, and then the shuttle drills, he was outstanding. I thought he had a good workout. So no, he's a sec- to me, he's a second-round pick. And I, I, th- I think they're right, in, they're right in that conversation. I, I mean, the tight ends, there's just so many tight ends. That are available. They're, How about my monster from Ashland checking in at what two seventy nine and running the four sevens? I mean, that's pretty impressive. Two hundred seventy nine pounds. That's a big uh, I mean, we could go on. There, there's he's so gonna, many of these. He needs tight to be ends. careful. He's going to eat himself into an offensive tackle spot. He's a couple biscuits away. Um, and Njoku, I thought was was phenomenal. I think th- those two tight ends are locks this first round. I would not be surprised if Ingram snuck in there as well. No, I wouldn't be. Uh, at offensive line, I, I think we talked about how shallow the pool is, so it's only two guys that I really want to talk about. Garrett Bowles, I think, lived up to expectations in terms of being a super athlete on the edge. I thought he was really, really smooth and fluid in terms of moving around and doing those things. And I think Forrest Lamb actually helped himself because yeah, he he's a good. much better athlete than I think many of us thought coming into this. Even though we saw him for a little bit briefly at the Senior Bowl, I was really impressed with his athleticism and his movement skills. I thought Deion Dawkins continued uh, to, to kind of help himself throughout the process. There was one, the the dude from uh, IUP, I have to do, from Indiana University, Pennsylvania. Yeah. He had a great field workout. He looked like he looked the part of an NFL starting guard. I have not done him yet, so I'm anxious to go watch the tape on him, but he's one I need to, uh, to plug into. All right, wide receivers, let me tell you real quick. So I've mentioned this before on the show. I go to Notre Dame, Texas, first game of the year. Ends up being an unbelievable overtime thriller. Maybe one of the best college games of the year, if not the best regular season college game of the year. I left midway through the fourth quarter. <laughs> Missed the end. Um, I go to the Rose Bowl. USC's down two touchdowns, three and out of Dory Jackson's hurt. I'm not sitting in this traffic anymore. I've, I've got all my notes on these guys. Bounce. Listen to the, the maybe the greatest yeah. Rose Bowl of all time. 101 Rose Bowls they played, and it's one of the three or four best. I'm in the car. On set, Buck. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Go take a leak. So, hey, you got a second here? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. You missed John Ross? John Ross ran a 4-2-2. I was taking a leak. So, missed that one as well. well what else would you like me to miss? Because it will end up being some unbelievable wow. some unbelievable thing. Here's what I'll say about John Ross. Um, I am surprised. Like when, I'm, when I met with him a few weeks ago, he talked about me in sub 4-3. And I was like, hey, easy, easy. If you hit the 4-3 range, you're good. That's fast enough. You're, you're plenty fast. Yeah. Uh, when you watch him. Do it. You watch him live, and then you watch the TV copy. You can see the explosiveness in the first 10 yards, the way he comes out, the way he drives out, the way he finishes. And I even say that he let up a little bit at the end. Here's what he is to me. Super fast. The 4-2-2 shows that he has wow speed. Yeah. I mean, wow right now speed. I think he's a polished route runner. I love the balls because he didn't get a chance to show any of that stuff because I think he really could have made a case – to be the first one off the board if he runs routes that day in front of everybody. Yeah. After running that speed, catching the ball like he normally catches it, I think he makes a huge case. The biggest thing that people have with him, the durability, size and injury history. Bit of a one-year wonder because last year he had all that production. He's been beat up a little bit, had an ACL, some other stuff. And 
there's a bit of a perception. If you knock him around a little bit, you may be able to slow him down like yeah. Alabama was able to. Yep. But in this class where you're looking for guys that can take the top off the defense, he's the best one, and he also offers you the ability maybe to grow into a number one receiver a la T.Y. Hilton, a la Deshaun Jackson. He's going to make a case where he might – and I'm going to say this. He could be the first one to go depending on how – Corey Davis and Mike Williams test when they eventually test. I'm glad you said T.Y. Hilton. I might steal that comp. I like that one. He's like a little more explosive version of T.Y. Hilton. That's what he can be. Yeah. I mean, T.Y. Hilton, I mean, we thought he would be a complimentary player, but now he's become the number one guy. Led, I want to say led the league in receiving yards, maybe. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. <clears throat> we do the uh, um, we do those three-word reports, you know, for fun. Just kind of, okay, what? give me three words to, to sum up this player, which is challenging. I can do it with Ross and two. <laughs> Fast and fragile. Oh, fast and fragile. That's what his story of his career has been, though, right? I mean, I mean he's yeah. had a lot of injuries. And then we get to the combine, and what did we see? Fast. Saw fast. Saw fragile. Saw fragile. So, I mean, it's just something you got to balance when you're going through the process. Something, you know, it's funny. When we get to the defensive back thing, I think you There's can another the one I thing. know. I know where you're going with that. Uh, let's let's get over the defensive <laughs> line here first. I, just so you know, I've got this Oh, guy one, one other guy that I think we have to talk about. Oh, two guys. Yeah. Chris Godwin from Penn State. Yeah, i got to watch Man, I feel like I've like just kind of let him kind of uh, – He had a great – Scoot up under. Day. And 4-4-2, coming off the big bowl game in the Rose Bowl. You're like, ah, oh, pretty yeah. good game. It's just one game. Catches the ball like nobody's business. Yeah. The way he caught the ball in drills, his footwork, his body control, he's terrific, ran faster. He's someone that's going to climb up the charts. And then Zay Jones I thought was pretty solid coming off the senior bowl. I think he certainly helped himself. Yeah, and then the uh, the other one was Cooper Cup. Surprised some folks. Um, I guess some, some – I, I don't think he surprised either one of us. Ran in the low four sixes. Uh, but I, he had a nice job. Uh, look, I'm but I actually think that shuttles. helps him because I felt like the Cooper Cup hype train was running out of control yeah. and I was worried about him being pushed up into a position where people draft him and think that he's something that he's not and that is I don't think he's a number one receiver I think he can be a, a, a borderline number two receiver I think he would be a nice number three receiver all day in an offense that has solid receivers I think he now kind of falls back into that range everybody said that he was the best interview that they had oh, I mean, which doesn't surprise kid. me terrific after he's having a professional. Met with him. here's my prediction we've been doing over-unders on him Everybody you talk to says the same thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm, DJ, I'm kind of glad he ran the four six. We're gonna get him in the third round. He's gonna be a great third round pick. And guess what? He's, He's gonna, gonna go late second. second. He's gonna go in the late second. And I think that's where, too clean. Otherwise, I think that's where his range is. I yeah. think I think if you take him before that, the expectations kind of go out of control in terms of what he will be. He'll I go to a, a and he'll spot. go to a good team at the bottom of the second round. Plug and play. Good system and be a good player. Um, Flip right. over defense. defense yeah, let's go line. defense. Defensive line was a great group, Buck. D-line, I mean, look, it, it, it begins at start, the Start at the top, yeah. Miles Garrett, so I know you were working with me while I had a little more time on my hands, so the Twitterverse <laughs> was going crazy over Miles Garrett. And one of our guys, I mean, I guess I – I mean, I don't know if he's one of our guys or whatever, but we talk to him frequently. Matt Miller from NFL Draft Scout, what he did, he, he tweeted Miles Garrett over everybody, Mario Williams, Julius Peppers, J.B. Clowney, some of those other guys. Now, I love Miles Garrett. But I think when you make, but was he talking about just from a workout standpoint? Oh no, he just put for, he just put the the alligator towards okay. him, like okay. lesser than, greater than. He yeah. said them over that, and I think you have to be careful because Julius Peppers is a Hall of Fame player, fifth all time in sacks. Mario Williams was number one overall pick, and for a three or four year stretch, he was a dominant player, like mm-hmm. two or three time Pro Bowler. 
He has a lot of production. Jadavian Clowney has been hurt, but we've seen his level of dominance. I believe Miles Garrett falls somewhere in between. I wouldn't put him up there and say he will surpass Julius Peppers, but I do believe he's a freakish athlete who's smooth and fluid. He has a knack for getting to the quarterback, but, and I'll say this because Booger McFarlane and I kind of got into it back and forth. Booger doesn't like him. Got to check his production. Yeah. Just need to check his production. He had eight and a half sacks, four and a half of those against UT San Antonio. Yep. Just be careful. He's hurt. He's hurt this year, too. He was. He had a bad will. He just, you know, but we're sitting at the top, and I know we're ready to crown him. See, this is when you'd be a nice sound bite if you said crown ass. If you did that with yeah, yeah, Dennis yeah. Green, that would be a nice delay. Denny Green, our former colleague here. But I think the big thing with Miles Garrett is understanding where he is. I think he's smooth. I think he's fluid. He's a great athlete. Uh, he has all the traits. I think it's a no-brainer. You have to take him at number one because if we talk about this being a thing where you're checking off the boxes, we've seen him play enough. He's put enough dominance on tape where you say, hey, man, this is a terrific player, one of the best in the game. You see him work out. He has all the things that you look for, size-wise, athleticism, explosiveness, whatever. I don't know how you bypass that guy, much like I don't know how you would have been able to bypass Davian Clowney at the top of the charts. Yeah. You have to make this pick because if you don't, and he ends up being what everybody thinks he's going to be. It's, it's a done deal. Yeah, you just hung yourself there. Um, the rest of the group, I know Hassan Reddick worked out with a D lineman. He, he's a linebacker. He's going to go in the first round all day long. Man, he helped himself Temple. a lot. Ran four five two. Maybe a guy helped himself as much as anybody. How about the numbers from Jordan Willis? You know, had ran a, four five three. Buck had a long conversation with a big time scout about him afterwards. He said, "Buck, man, I knew the guy was a tryhard guy. He was a worker. He was productive. He just kind of was relentless." I did not know he was that kind of athlete. So then when you go back and you revisit it, he's like, uh, I might have been a little low on him yeah. or whatever. And so – I had him – to be honest, I had him kind of in the uh, – probably in the early third round range is where I had him coming in. And and the way that I described it in, in this conversation, I was like, look, if you're building your defensive line, you think about a basketball team. He's not your go-to scorer. He's kind of like your complement. So if you have a team, let's just say Terrell Suggs is in his prime. Mm-hmm. Terrell Suggs is the one that's doing the stuff. He's your fastball pitcher. This guy kind of comes in. He's your mid-round reliever. Mm-hmm. He gets you seven, eight sacks a year. Kind of holds it down, much like a, who did y'all have for a long time? Was it Jerry Johnson? Yeah, Jerry was Johnson. It, yeah, Jerry Johnson, Paul Kruger, like Baltimore. You just have the guy that's on the other side that kind of cleans up, doesn't do it in a splashy way. Yeah, but he just kind of finds a way to get it done. When I was in Carolina, we had Julius Peppers and Mike Rucker. Mike Rucker would be more like. Willis and what we're talking Workman about. Workman-like. 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 And then you look at these numbers and you're like, holy crud, those are those are kind of freaky, some of the numbers that he put up. You know, I, mean, I didn't I didn't I mean I didn't see all that on, on tape, but man, he is he's got production, he plays hard, and he, he tests really well. So he's gonna go a little bit higher than everybody thought. Um Solomon Thomas and Jonathan Allen, I thought if you just looking at a workout, it wasn't close just in terms of the athleticism and the juice that Solomon Thomas has. Different different type of players. Different type of player, but Solomon Thomas has juice. Uh, the comparison has been made to Fletcher Cox. I think that's a good comparison. I go Michael Bennett. I think that's another good comparison. The way you can move him around, kind of put him in there and allow him to kind of wind it up, he's going to be a difference maker. And, I mean, I don't think in the right system, in any system, I think he can be a difference maker. I do believe he can be one of those interior pass rushers on, on nickel situations. Derek Barnett was sick. I thought for sure he was going to get the 40 flu. I thought I, – because I, I didn't know the whole backstory. So, like, I just heard Derek Barnett might not work out. I'm like, oh, he can't run, so he's not going to He's not gonna run. He's, he's a great football player, but he's not really a tester. And then I found out, okay, A, he's legitimately sick. He lost a bunch of weight, and he's got – coming out both ends. And then on top of that, he showed kind of a warrior spirit, went out there and worked out, ran, did the whole deal. And actually, I mean, ran like a thing of the low 4.8s, which was 
I was okay with that, especially when you consider the guy's been sick. Yeah, when I, I guess I'm going to tell you, when I talked to some guys who have watched these guys coming through the uh, Nike opening tour, he and Solomon Thomas and those guys, they said, look, you can be surprised at his testing numbers. He's not going to wow you, but it's also certainly not as bad as some people talk about. Yeah, no, he uh, – I'm looking at – I'm going to pull up his numbers here. Where we got here? Oh, that's the tight ends. DNs here. Let's see. Barnett was 6'3", um, 259, which is maybe a little bit lighter. He uh, ran 4 – okay, he ran 488, so that's not great. Um, that's not I – mean, Vertical no, 31, vertical 31, broad 9'9", nine, nine, so I mean, that's not hateful. Um, and shuttles four 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 and six nine six. I think you couple that athleticism with what he brings. Technically, I, I believe he'll probably command mid round, mid first round grades on most boards. But I could see him going as high to the Carolina Panthers as eight to anywhere below that down in between. Yeah, the 20s. No. I think he's. I just think he's a really, really good football player. And I think you know what you're going to get if we talk about hitting singles and doubles. He's a double. All right, guy I'm too low on, who I really liked last year. And for some reason, I've had him like in the 20s, but I'm too low on him. He definitely is going to move up for me, and that's Charles Harris from Missouri. He He's going to be a 3-4 outside linebacker terror. He's going to be hell on wheels out there. Really smooth athlete. Uh, probably even great. smoother. Probably all the change smoother. of direction stuff. Probably even smoother than we, we thought when you watched the tape. What I liked about him on tape – I liked his ability to rush the passer. I thought he was a guy that played pretty hard. He had an inside spin move that was pretty impressive. But now you couple that with what you were able to see on turf. You saw the basketball skills because he's a pretty good basketball player in high school. You see that come out. He is someone that I think in that 4-3 scheme, you talk about doing some of the Michael Bennett stuff, I think he can do that thing. Tack McKinley had a solid workout. Derek Rivers from Youngstown had a really good workout. He's going to go in the second round all day long. Tyus Bowser. Uh, moved around really good from Houston. It's a loaded, it's a loaded group. We got we got a little bit of a time constraint here, Buck. So just linebacker wise, um, I mean the big story, Ruben Foster. What's your take on that whole situation? I, I mean, I I think it's it's a bigger deal than some people have made on to me because I'm I'm thinking if this is the biggest interview, the biggest job interview of your football life, the fact that you can't kind of keep your emotions in check to avoid a situation where you have to be sent home, it's unprecedented. To be sent home to me is irresponsible, and I think it raises concerns about his professionalism his emotional control, and how he can function outside of a structured environment like he was in in Alabama. Yeah, I know. It'll be interesting to see how. I'm, I'm going to get some feedback coming out of this out of the pro day and see what teams meet with him and what they find out, A, about that situation and what their take is on him. I mean, he's a phenomenal football player with that whole situation. I was disappointed in Zach Cunningham for everything that Zach Cunningham was supposed to be. People talk about him being a long, rangy, silent, Did you get? I saw player. you wrote that. Did you get pushback on that at all from people? I, mean, I don't know. I don't care. Like, uh, yeah. Because the numbers aren't – they're not terrible. They just terrible. weren't what we, we had told he maybe he could run in the like – Right, and then five. more so it wasn't yeah. even, even necessarily the numbers. It was just looking at him move around. High cut. Yeah, high cut. He, he, he's okay. And I think, to me, he just kind of plays okay. I never see him take over. I want to yeah. see a guy – when you see an athlete like that, you want to see the takeover. I never saw the takeover. I was never all the way in there. Um, it didn't see anything that was going to really throw him higher up on the board for me. T.J. Watt had a really good workout. He's, again, I think he's a borderline one. I think he's going to go in two. He's going to go in the top 40, I think, for sure. Um, yeah, I think I think, I think think it certainly helps that he has the last name. Um, look at his numbers, Buck. No, his numbers were impressive. His numbers in the workout were impressive. The funny thing is, like, looking at the numbers and watching him work out, I thought he was okay. I didn't, I didn't come away like, wow, he's going to be a dude. I think he's certainly um, – a hard worker. He certainly has the athleticism there that we saw. Um, 
based on the numbers. I just I don't know if it always translates to like outstanding dominance. But I thought he take. I thought coming down the stretch, especially like the bowl games, some of those last couple games, I thought he took over in some of those games. Yeah, he took. He, I he think turned he's just one of those guys where you're like, a it's kind of the family business. They're late bloomers. Yeah. Big brother was a late bloomer, and he's his kind of showing his no, best football right now. And you kind of look at him, go, okay, I see all the and same thing with his brother, right? Yeah. So okay, he's a pretty good, really good player, but he got better as the year his, his college career went on. And then you look at where the line is, the trajectory is going, and I think you're going to see people do the same thing with with his little brother here. I can see, I can't disagree. I think second round player, I wouldn't put him in the first. Yeah, I think he's gonna. I think he'll go in the top forty. Um, then uh, you know Anzalone from uh, Florida had a good workout. Duke you know, Riley, did An- Anzalone was player. impressive at the Senior Bowl because yeah. when I watched him in the the, the drills, he goes sideline to sideline. He had a little thump to him. Yeah. So I like he's him. He healthy. tested well. He's just kind of one of those guys that just kind of hangs out that you don't really talk about. But I think he's going to end up being a really good player. Maybe third round is a nice little spot for him to go because I think he can control the middle. All right, so let's go to let's go secondary. secondary. Secondary, we can quickly breeze through it. All right, the number one thing, and I, you referenced it earlier, and I'm guessing where you're going with this. Oh, fast and fragile, fast and fragile. Marshawn Lattimore, my number three overall player. Marshawn Lattimore. Now I know he's trying to fight the perception. We knew the hamstring issues were a problem because it kind of kept him out of two years uh, at Ohio State. I had issues with him before even digging, dealing with the hamstrings because. What I worry about, and I know we do this with quarterbacks, we may not do it with other position players, he's only started 13 games as a collegian. And for a team that's hanging their hat on this guy coming in being a lockdown corner, I just don't know if he's seen enough ball to understand how to play the position. And the transition may take him a little while to get up to snuff as being number one. And then when he goes and runs the four threes, and that was a terrific time. Broad 11. Yeah, but then he had to shut it down. He said it's a hip flexor issue, a hip flexor issue, not a hamstring issue. But it kind of falls back into the narrative that we have with John Ross: Is he going to be available yeah. to you, or will he always be a guy that is the best it never was because he's just not on the field? Yeah, I got. I mean, I'm probably going to drop him down a little bit on my list just because of what I'm learning about the hamstrings and all that. But man, as a football player, when you watch him on tape, he's a freak. He makes. I mean, he's a freak. So he's a freak athlete. The only thing that I would tell him, I, I feel like we need to pour a little gunpowder. In his mouth, I need him to be a little more physical consistently. I want to see him kind of bang a little bit because the dividing factor. There are a lot of guys in this class. In other classes, he wouldn't have he wouldn't have to worry about it. But this is a draft where there's so many corners that you can use the tackling as a separator. Yeah, like the guys that tackle better. Sidney Jones is a better tackler to me. Some other guys on the corner, Marlon Humphrey, will bang and tackle. By the way, Sidney Jones, things. I thought it was an average workout. It was just okay. It was I, mean, just I thought Adoree Jackson looked ten times more explosive and more fluid just watching him through the drills. And Adoree Jackson, the way he goes up and gets the football was impressive. I think Adoree Jackson is the one that helped himself the He's most. He's going in the first round. I think he has to go in the twenties. I think he has to go in the first round. People took me to task because they're like, "Why do you have him at thirty-one to the Falcons in a mock draft?" One, it's a mock draft, and I really don't care. <laughs> Two, I'm trying to make sure that I get him in the first round because yeah. I think that's where He's his gonna go. his talent goes. I think he he helped himself. Um, the safety class. Josh Jones from North Carolina State made himself some money. Made himself some big. Marcus Williams from Houston, from uh, Utah. Utah made himself some money. Helped himself. I thought Jabril Peppers was pretty good. Yeah. Now, it's funny. My perception on Jabril Peppers in terms of the way he moved around was one thing. But when I talked to coaches that were right on the field, they're like, he's okay. I still think i got to keep him near the ball. The guy that everyone to a man couldn't stop talking Obi? about. Obi? Well, they talked about Obi, but Jamal Adams. And yeah. they didn't talk about him on the field. They said, he can move around or whatever. They said, but he is a temperature yeah, he's changing. an alpha male down there. When he comes into the room and interviews, you just feel yeah. the energy and the way he commands. They say he, he he 
darn near took the clicker out of the coach's hands and ran everything. And he just talked about if you're a team, and this is a guy who is not a big fan of safeties in the first round. He said, but you kind of have to take the guy because the guy is a leader, and he kind of has that with the skill set. I'll tell you who else had a big-time day was Gary and Conley, the corner from Ohio State. Gary Conley. He looked like a top – I tweeted out, he looked like a top 15 pick. In fact, I was going to say – He looked better Sidney Jones. He looked better than all those dudes. I was going to say, man, you almost can make the case that he might be the best corner at Ohio State yeah. in terms of, like, the way he – the way he does it, he is definitely in the conversation. That that cornerback position, Tredavious White was good. I yeah. talked to people who loved him in the room, loved sure, watching him around. Kid. I mean, there are a lot of players on the defense side of the ball in the defensive backfield that can help you. And – the benefit of this, in the second and third round, those guys are going to fly off the board. The other one uh, from UCLA, Fabian Moreau. Another one. Smooth, fluid. I mean, in any other year, he, it's like a slam dunk first-round pick. Come. A six-foot corner that could run like that. Oh, man, it's just so many guys. So, so many guys. So many guys on defense. Obi Malafonwa jumped out of the gym. So, we had, it, was a, it was a great group. Obi Malafonwa, it'll be interesting how people – view him because I wonder if his card will be changed from safety to cornerback based on how he tested. Something we've been talking about a bunch on here. All right, we got a uh, we got a lot of content coming to you guys. We're going to do another pod later this week, and then we'll be in our video show. We'll launch next Tuesday. We'll tell you more about that. We've got the scouting competition. We've got the five finalists. Uh, we've got their reports. Need to go through their reports and decide who we have in the final two. We will uh, narrow that down and have uh, some, some more content coming on that contest and some more announcements uh, coming your way soon there. Arjuna, am I missing anything else? or is that? Uh, I actually got a question for you guys. Yeah. You guys talked about a lot of guys helping themselves in the first round, you know, moving up in the first round. Who fell out of the first round for you? Who, who, who got hurt by this combo? I would say the two guys that I, the pro days are going to be big are the two Florida corners, Buck. Tease Tabor running the mid-four sixes. That, that didn't help. Tease Tabor – Hurt himself because he didn't run well. He looked okay in drills. Uh, Quincy Wilson, I think Quincy Wilson was probably a second-round player from day one. I know a lot of people liked him. But in turn, in terms of his uh, his movement skills, he was smoother than T. Staber. So it would be interesting to see those guys in the pro day. Did you see the uh, hidden camera that got me, Buck? I did, I did not. Yeah, so me and Lance Airline were riding uh, to the airport, and then he busted some news on me that just kind of caught me off guard, and turns out I'd been recorded the whole time. I gotta coming up in a second. I gotta. They're supposed to call me for around the NFL podcast. So. What? Yeah, I've got a. No, tell I, me you don't do the around the NFL podcast. Yeah, I did it. Uh, I did Where it last. Is? No, I did it last week. How long have we been friends? No, a lot longer than I've been friends with those guys. Hanses didn't even invite me to go eat dinner during the Super Bowl. Do you know the definition of evil? Because it comes in a flowing name of Dan Hanses. That is evil. If you look it up, you'll find it right there. Is he that bad? Yes. You seriously do that show? Yeah, I've done it. Do you like toast? <laughs> That's the only reason I can see you would do it. I they give out toasters. They do like contests. I mean, I feel like I, it feels like they've got some, like it's kind of a funny show. It's got some flow to it. I like no, it. Look, Mark Sessler is a good dude, okay? Yeah. The rest of them don't. Rosenthal? Rosenthal, he he seems harmless. All he does is talk about, oh, I was at Pro Football Talk. Oh, I was at Roto World. It's like, just brag on yourself a little bit more, pal. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, he's... But hey, if you want to do it, I mean, that's fine. No, I mean... I I like you as a friend, but we can't be friends anymore. No, I mean, I don't don't want it to to be like that. I just didn't know it was that... I just didn't know it ran that deep. I'm not 
so there you have it, Buck. There, uh, there was a little drama brewing between the podcasts here. It's nothing new. I mean, I mean, am I jealousy? Ups- am jealousy. I ups- am I upset that he recorded? No, I, I'm I'm fine with that being out there. The, tr- the, tr- <laughs> the truth needs to be told, and uh, and that's what it is. Um, are you ready to get out of here? Man, we're ready. All we're right. ready, ready. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for subscribing on iTunes. Thanks for leaving us reviews and ratings. We appreciate that. And we will see you back here on Move the Sticks in a couple days. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.